Internet link established. So you want to be a podcaster? Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. Your hosts are Andrew Rappaport, host of the Rap Report and Apologetics Live, and executive director of the Christian Podcast Community. Together with Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. Right, so you got your recording done and you are ready to start the editing process on your podcast. We're going to talk today about the tools that you can use, different techniques. We're also going to discuss how much editing is actually needed because it could drive you nuts if you go too far. And then we're also going to talk about the saving of your file. We're going to start off with the tools. There's several tools, some of them we mentioned in our last podcast when we talked about episode one, which was when we you get your first episode already. Uh, that was actually on So You Want to Be a Podcaster, episode seven. When we talk about the tools, the first one I'm going to bring up again is Audacity. Why? Because, well, number one, it's free. I love free. Free is for me. So when you have it being free and it works on both Mac and on PC, that's a winner. There's tons of add-ons, plugins that you can get for this. It makes it where it's something that's very extendable for what you need. And the cost is right. Audacity is probably one of the best tools that you can get because it works on multiple platforms and easily extendable. Another one that a lot of people use is GarageBand. GarageBand is going to be only for Mac though. And it is one that a lot of people will use. Now you can, if you want to use a higher end one on a Mac, there are some other tools you could get for Mac, such as Logic. Uh, that is one that's going to be a higher end one. So you may not need that, but there is some people prefer one over the other. So on Mac, those are some options. But you can also get for Mac or Windows, uh, Adobe Audition. That's going to cost some money. And it will work on either one. So you can have some choices there on different tools that you can get for editing. Colleen, there's some others that you use and there's some tools that you use that are after editing process. Yeah, so I use Audacity. Uh, it's, it's what I've always used. And as I've said on our last episode, that if you're trying to learn Audacity, there's so many great YouTube videos and really for for anything that we're talking about here. But I've heard a lot of good things about something called Hindenburg. It's a little out of my price range, but I've heard it's one of the best tools out there for podcasting. And so that might be one that you want to check out. And they do have a 30-day trial. So you could just try it out for 30 days and see if it's worth the cost. But I also use something called Ophonic. And I think, Andrew, you could probably explain better in technical terms what Ophonic does. Well, Ophonic is basically going to be something that will allow you to do some post-editing work. Now, you and I use different things. I happen to, because I, I use a plugin for for leveling my sounds out, I happen to use 
um, a plugin that is called uh, Compressed Dynamics. It's, it's, I guess it's now run or, or uh, controlled by Daniel J. Lewis. I think he keeps it up to date. Chris, who is the originator, passed away. What it basically will do for me, the compressor, we'll get to later, but it's basically going to level out the sounds. Now, you use a phonic. Ophonic gives you a ton of options. If someone takes a phonic, you can put your intros and your outros in there and just load your file. And if you have every week a set intro and outro, you just do your recording, put it up there, and it will automatically put your intros and outros up. But you can change some settings. And you and I were just playing with this before we started recording with this to see the different settings we could do, whether we want stereo, whether we want mono. We're going to talk about some of those things in a, in a bit. But all the different bit rates, you could change all that, but you can also do some things. And this is really what you use it for is when you have two people that are talking like we are here, I have a deeper voice than you do. I have a a voice that kind of carries a little bit more than yours. So our levels are not going to be the same, evens those out. And it also has options to remove background noise too. You mean you won't hear my cat? <laughs> well, oh. I, I'm not sure if it's gonna, um, if it's Wait, going to remove your non-existent cat. But uh, I, I used, I had an audio once that our guest had a lot of background noise, and so I was able to remove some of that. And that's a good segue into the second thing. So after looking at different tools that you have, there's different techniques that we want to talk about, and we're already talking about some of those. First would be noise reduction. You mentioned some. I recently had a podcast that you're part of. It was a conference. You were one of the speakers of the conference. But because we were in a building that we didn't have complete control over audio, there was this hum just throughout the whole audio. Now, I needed to get rid of that because I don't know about you, that could drive me nuts. I I just don't want to listen to a podcast that has this constant hum. So there's ways to, to to remove that. Now, in Audacity... You actually will have to highlight the area that has the noise and, and create what's called a profile. And then it can it looks for that same profile and removes it everywhere. Very easy to do. You can do that in Arphonic as well in removing some of that. But noise reduction is if you have some sound that you just want to get rid of and it's a constant sound. Let me give you one warning, though, with noise reduction. I was at a conference where we were purposely, we were recording where we could, which is in a room where there's basically a convention center. So there's a lot of background talking and a lot of background noise. I removed some of the background noise, which was great. Now you can hear the voices of the people talking, being myself and the person I'm interviewing very well. However, once I removed all the background noise, I was also able to listen in on everyone else's conversation near our booth. And I didn't know if they wanted that heard. I don't know if there was things said that maybe could be distracting or could be something that could get someone in trouble. I don't know. But I didn't want that. So I actually didn't reduce the noise in that setting. And people understood that it's at a convention center, so they expect to be all that noise. You may not always want to remove all of the noise reduction. You know, Colleen, there's a podcast that we listen to, Theology Driven. They purposely have that background noise because they're in a car driving. And that's some of the effect of their podcast. Right. You can hear the the horns beeping and the other road sounds, too. 
That's if they're actually driving, by the way, because the <laughs> constant thing that I bust on them is I say it's just a soundboard. But they claim they're in the car. You know, another technique, Colleen, and you use the Aphonic for this. I use the compression for this, and, and that is to do compression. We mentioned it earlier. And basically what you're trying to do is get all the levels to be at the same level so that my voice doesn't sound very deep and loud and yours is softer and quieter. We want the audience to be able to hear both of us at an equal level. If people were to hear the raw audio, they would hear the difference in in my booming voice. And it's just because I, I have a deep voice and I've, I end up doing a lot of public speaking where I don't always have amplification. And therefore, I've built up the lung capacity to, to do that. That becomes a thing where your level and my level just are very different. You know, I listened to a podcast once and one of the people on the podcast had a loud, booming voice and the other one had a very quiet voice. And throughout the podcast, I was turning my volume up and down because of that very reason. And so it's a good thing for for your listeners to do. And one thing we didn't mention earlier that I think we should mention is Ophonic does cost a little bit of money. It's not uh, super expensive. I, I think I maybe pay $12 a month, but it is something that costs money. So depending on what your budget is, you're going to have to take those things into consideration in what tools you use. And Ophonic has two different price plans because you can pay per month and have a set number of hours for that month. Or, and I think you switched, you used to be on that plan and you switched to a plan where you just have a set number of hours. And when you use those credits, you buy more credits. Right. Because now I'm putting two podcasts through it. And so I was either going to have to upgrade my plan or, uh, you know, just go to the credits. Another thing is truncating silence. This is a technique to use. We're going to get into discussing the different quirks that people have, saying, um, like, different personal things that people say when they're pausing to think about what they want to say. I try, I'm not good at this, but I try to pause. Why? Very simply, when I do a long pause, I can get rid of that in audacity by just going to truncate silence. One click and I set it up for how much, how loud I consider silence to be, how long of a silence I consider that I want truncated, and it'll go through my entire file and get rid of those. So that if I'm pausing because I want to think about what do I want to say next, and I do a 30 second pause, it will just get rid of that for me. That's helpful in the editing so you could truncate silence, but let me give a warning with this. If you truncate the silence too much, I've made that mistake before and people start, it's choppy. They start talking too fast because they're all of the silence that you typically would have is gone because we naturally will have silence in our speech. And when that's gone, it makes us sound like we're much faster in our talking. And therefore, especially if you're listening at higher speed, it becomes a problem. You see, so You'll, you can sometimes hear when someone has cut out too much silence. So you want to find the right balance with that. So one thing we want to talk about, because I know this is a big question that especially new podcasters have, is how much editing is needed. And this is really going to depend on so many different factors. 
I know that uh, one gal that I know that has a podcast and she's recording just by herself. So she'll record in five, 10, 15 minute snippets and stop. And that helps her to gather her thoughts and she doesn't have to edit very much. But if you have two people, so on my other podcast, Theology Gals, we have two people, sometimes three. And I do quite a bit of editing, partly because there's a lot of, oh, what was I saying? Or can you edit that out? I want to re-say that. So there are things like that that you're going to have to edit out. And Andrew already talked about silence and ways you can do that. And some, you know, you may be somebody that likes to do that manually as you're editing the episode. But the other thing is things like ums. And that also is going to depend because some people say um a lot more than others. If there's a little bit of saying um, it, it's not necessary to edit every single um out. There are some people that will do that, some people that won't. And if you have somebody that says um a lot, you may have to edit some of those out if it's just too much. So a lot of it's going to be just really dependent on your podcasting personality and and language and things like that. And sometimes you might edit something out that you say something and you think, oh, that doesn't really sound right. I do that sometimes on our podcast. There's a couple things that I know I say when I'm recording with my co-host that I say too much. And like I say, you know, and so I'll edit things like that out. But Let me tell you, there's some people that do very little editing. I have a friend that has a podcast and he just releases the raw podcast. He that's what he likes to do. So a lot of this is just going to be your podcasting personality and maybe even how much time you have, because I do spend a couple hours, maybe up to three hours editing, but I have the time to do that. Some people don't have that time and maybe you're going to be more diligent in with your co-host if you have a co-host saying, I let's do this all in one shot so we don't have to do a lot of editing. So these are a lot of things that you're going to have to consider. And as you do more episodes, you'll you'll figure out different things. You'll say, okay, we need to do better at this and maybe for less editing. You know, when I have a guest come on my podcast for the rap report, I will, before we start recording, I'll give them some instructions. I'll let them know that I want to try to do this to save me the editing and I want to play the commercials in place. I'll let them know I'm going to want before commercial to kind of get people hooked on to want to stay through the commercial. So what do I do? I'm going to talk about a question I'm going to ask my guest after the break. But if I say that. If I say, well, after the break, I would like to ask you about X. A lot of times before I get to playing the commercial or during the commercial, the guest says, okay, because that's the natural response in a conversation. One of the things I'll do with my guests is to let them know up front, I'm going to play commercials throughout. When I do, I'm going to start by explaining what we're going to talk about after the commercial. Don't feel the need to say anything. Just know that I'm going to say that. I'm going to play the commercial. We'll come back from commercial And then I'll ask you that question. It gives you time to think about it as well. That way they're not responding to me during a commercial. I say so a lot. That's my thing. I'll say, um, I say, so you don't want to edit them all out sometimes because that may make it sound unnatural if someone is known for speaking so much that way, but you have to find the right balance. If you're a perfectionist, it could drive you nuts. You have to find the right balance with it. 
Now, one of the things you could do, Colleen and I do this for this show, and none of you would ever know that we do this. When I'm talking, I'm going to pause at times to give Colleen opportunities to speak. And she's speaking, she's going to pause. And if we don't have anything to say on whatever the topic is, the person who's talking just continues going. And that silence can just be cut out very easily. Now, you don't get to hear that on the final product, but this is a way that you can communicate with your host, where if one person's doing the primary, we talked about someone that does the lead. If you have the leader that's leading through it, they can just pause. And if the person, your co-host doesn't have anything they want to add, that's fine. Then the leader just keeps going. You know, one thing uh, I wanted to say when you said if you're a perfectionist about it, that that can be a difficult thing. And one thing I've had to remind a couple of podcasters who are just perfectionists about when they're in the editing process is that when you're editing, you're probably going to hear a lot of things that your audience isn't going to focus in on. And so be mindful of that if you are a perfectionist. Let me give you a little trick, Colleen, on how to pick up on things that people say over and over again, like the ums. If you have a podcast app that can speed up, if you could do double speed, sometimes even triple speed, you end up hearing things that end up sticking out like an um, because you're hearing them closer time-wise. And when that happens, you start picking up on these little things that people say over and over again that at a normal speed, you might not pick up. Just a little trick that you might want to try. If you don't know what your, your phrases are, maybe listen to one of your podcasts at double and triple speed and see if there's something you pick up on. So we talked about some tools. We talked about some techniques. We talked about how much editing is needed. Now let's talk about saving your file. That's kind of important, isn't it, Colleen? Yeah, saving your saving your file is very important. <laughs> yeah, if you don't save your file, you pretty much have nothing to put out there on your RSS feed. So there's some things that people don't often think about when it comes to saving the file. First off, there's different formats you can save it in. The most common is MP3. You don't always you don't have to know what all these stand for, but MP3 is going to be the format that is going to be playable on almost all podcast apps and all players. And so that might, that's the best to use. Now you could use M4A or it's also sometimes AAC. These are going to be ones that are, give you better compression, give you a much smaller file, maybe, maybe give you some better audio quality with that smaller file, but it's not going to be played everywhere. Then you could have maybe a, a WMA, which is Windows format. That's a Windows audio file. Well, that's going to be restricted to Windows machines. So if you have someone listening on any Apple device, maybe they can't hear it. So these are some things you may want to think about. I would recommend that to use an MP3 format because you can play it on anything. It's, It's a standard. Even though if you use M4A or AAC formats, you're going to get a better sound in smaller file. But the problem is, I've seen people that do that and then they come to me and say, why are some people saying they can't play the file? Because their player doesn't use that format. It can't accept it. So I would stick with the standard because if your audience can't hear it, then it's just not being listened to. So stick with MP3, all right? But when you get to MP3, there's a lot of different things that come into play with this. 
You have things like your bit rate. You have, you know, what kilohertz you want to use, whether you're going to do mono and stereo. So let's look at each of those. When you look at your bit rates, I do not suggest using a variable bit, variable bit rate. And if you don't know what these are, that's fine. You could look and figure out what you're saving in. Most of the tools that we mentioned above, you can save these in all these different formats and you could play with them. If you want, play with them and see the size of the file, see the sound, the quality of the file, see if you're okay with it. But the reason not to use a variable bitrate is because, again, just like the other, some of the formats, not all of the platforms will play a variable bitrate. So stay with a consistent bitrate. Now, when you look at the consistent bit rates, I'm going to give you a couple of the fixed rates that you may want to look at. There's either 64, 96, 128 kilobits. You can go higher than that as well if you want to do a 192. But is it really necessary? Well, if you're looking at a 64 kilobit bit rate, that's your AM quality. That's going to be really good if you just have talk. If you have a little bit of music like bumper music, maybe you want to go up to a 96 kilobit. That's going to be like FM quality. When you get up to 128 kilobits, that's CD quality. That's going to be really good if you're doing a lot of music. But if you're mostly a talk show, you may not need that much because it's increasing the size of your file. Now, if you want to go up to 192 kilobits, you you could do that. But when you go to, to that 192, you're, it's a high quality. Are you really getting people that are listening at that? Well, only if there's going to be music pretty much. So when you look at the, the, the rates that we're going to have here, there's going to be a difference in size. Now, Colleen, you and I, just before we went on, we decided to take a look at some differences. We took a mono file and just looking between the 96 kilobits, this is a 30-minute recording of last week's episode. When we exported this at 96 kilobits per second, when we did it at 96, that file was 20 megabytes. When we reduced it just to 64, that was 14 megabytes. Size can be an issue. Why? Where wherever you're being hosted, they're often going to charge you based on the size. The smaller you make your file, two things come out of it. One, you can fit more files within your platform, within whatever plan you have, if they're charging by f- size. But if the size is smaller, your, your audience can download it quicker. So just keep that in mind. If you have a really big file, it can take a long time to download. And by the way, some apps have a timeout. So if it takes too long to download, it may just cut it off. So if you want to say, well, I want 192 because that's great quality. I want high quality. Well, if you do a two-hour show at that size, the app may take too long to download and just time out. So you want to keep that in mind when you do that. Another thing you may see sometimes is you'll see a kilohertz. Now, the two you most often see is 22.05 kilohertz or 44.1 kilohertz. Now, 44.1 is going to be CD quality. And that's what I would recommend that you'd think about just keeping it at that. It's going to be good for for any kind of whether you're you're listening, you're doing music or or uh, audio 
only you know, speaking only, it's going to work well at the 44 kilohertz. So that would be the recommended. One other thing to think about that you're going to see as an option is mono stereo or joint stereo. What are those? Well, if you want to save some space, mono is probably going to be fine for most podcasts. Mono means that you're hearing the same thing out of the left ear and the right ear. It is really just one file playing through both ears. Stereo is going to be where you have one sound in the right ear, one in the left, so you could have a difference. I used to be part of a podcast where the intro music played in the right ear and then the left ear back and forth. You may want to do that effect. For most podcasts that's only audio, you're not looking to get that effect of one ear versus the other to have that dominance in an ear. And in that case, mono is going to be just fine. Now, people used to use joint stereo, which was kind of trying to be a mono when mono wasn't always accepted. So there were some times where people wanted or expected there to be stereo. And so joint stereo was something that used to be used, sometimes still used, just to to take one mono, playing it in both as if it was stereo. But nowadays, you could pretty much safely get away with just playing mono. The advantage of doing mono, if you think about the final size, if I have one sound for the right ear and one for the left ear that's twice as large, right, as your mono, because now I just need one. I only need really what would be in the right or left ear. It's just going to play it in both. So when I do my podcasts, I will do them in a mono, 44 kilohertz, and I do it at at 96 kilobits per second, okay? And I do it as an MP3. That's how I do mine. It gets it as small as I can without losing any of the quality of the audio. Now, let me just give you just a quick idea of file sizes that you can have. If you have a one-hour recording roughly at 64 kilobits, you might be roughly 30 megabytes. 96, it could be 45 megabytes, and 128, 60 megabytes. So you see those file sizes can change drastically on a one-hour podcast. So you may want to think about that again, depending on how your your hosting is pricing you out. Most of them do it on the file size, so that's one reason to keep it smaller. A second reason is to be downloading it to the app. You want it to, to be as small as it can so that your listeners can download quickly. So what we've helped you with today is dealing with the issue of editing. We've talked about the tools. We've talked about techniques. We've talked about how much editing is needed We've also talked about saving your file. Now you're all done. You've got it saved and you are ready. It's all ready to go up. Before we go, we wanted to give a quick shout out though to another podcast. We want to try to do this at different times and highlight different podcasts. This podcast, we want to play a quick promo of a podcast that is part of the Christian podcast community called Five Solas. Now, they do some great editing. And if you listen to Five Solas, well, okay, I happen to know James who does the podcast, and he is a perfectionist. And you'll see this at times where people in the early episodes, they do a lot of editing, and then they start realizing time matters and they're busy in their day. But I don't think he's ever going to stop doing the editing that he and his wife do because they are the perfectionists. This is a great 
podcast if you want to listen to, especially if you want to talk about some of the editing that we're discussing, because they really focus in on some of their editing, and it may be a good podcast to go check out. Here's a promo for that podcast. Welcome to the Five Souls Podcast. I am your host, James Watkins. The Five Souls Podcast. Let's be incredibly real and transparent. That's what the church needs now more than ever is men who are just willing to be real, real. Men who are not afraid to stand up within the church and rebuke the wolves that seek to slaughter the sheep. Men who hold firmly to sola scriptura. Men who are not afraid to go before the brethren in brokenness and tearfully confess their sin. Men who are not ashamed to throw themselves down before the throne of God in prayer. And most importantly, men who can stand and say along with the Apostle Paul that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. The Christian walk was never promised to be easy. The cross we are commanded to carry every single day is incredibly heavy, and that weight comes in many different forms. Are you hurting financially? Pick up your cross. Is your marriage damaged? Pick up your cross. Did you lose a loved one? Pick up your cross. Are you depressed? Are you thinking about killing yourself? Pick up your your cross. There's a reason why Paul, when writing to the churches in Corinth, referred to it as light momentary affliction and that's saying something coming from the apostle paul he was imprisoned beaten shipwrecked he calls it light momentary affliction light momentary affliction there's a reason our beloved apostle paul said we do not fix our eyes on what is seen but on what is unseen for the things seen are temporal but the unseen is eternal we place our eyes on the temporal, the right now, the light momentary affliction, this fallen world will absolutely crush us, brothers and sisters. But we have an eternal hope. Those in the world, the unbelievers, they are the ones who are broken by the temporal, but not us. Not us. At least we shouldn't be. First Thessalonians 4 verse 13. He wrote that they may not grieve as others who do not have hope. In other words, we should not suffer in the way that the world suffers because we have an eternal hope in Christ Jesus. We have an eternal treasure that is in Christ Jesus in all of our suffering. All of this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. And there's going to come a time when the promise is fulfilled that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things will have passed away. No matter what you suffer with, no matter what the thorn in your flesh is, there will be a day where you will see that absolutely every single tear was worth it all, and great is your reward in heaven. It's easy to sit behind a microphone and say this. It's easy to tell believers to not suffer like others. That's why I always want to be transparent. I listen to podcasts that only touch on the good. All these sappy, heretical preachers only tell you of the great plans God has for your life. If you look at our Facebook posts, our Facebook posts contain our greatest hits. But the life of a Christian is marked by suffering. It's marked by self-denial. All you have to do is look to the apostles. Crucified upside down. Stoned to death. Beheaded. Exiled. In the book of Acts, though, what do we see? That the apostles rejoiced. That they had been counted worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ. And are we rejoicing in our suffering? Most of the time, no. But I get it. 
I suffer in my own ways like everyone else. I confess. I seek the approval of man way more than I seek the will of God. I seek compliment more than I care to hear criticism. I suffer with depression. I don't look to the unseen. I focus on the temporal. I battle with thoughts of suicide. I battled with this even before I was saved. I almost killed myself. I almost killed myself. Sitting in an apartment years back because I, in the world, was being crushed by the world with no eternal hope as an atheist. I suffered then, and depression has been a thorn in my flesh for years now, but I rejoice in knowing that I am a new creation. I rejoice in knowing that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I rejoice knowing that I have an eternal hope and treasure in Jesus Christ, and I pray that God would use this thorn in my flesh for his glory. That through this thorn in my flesh, I would preach to those who suffer and the elect would come to faith as God has decreed through the preaching of his gospel. I do not suffer in the same way that the world suffers and you shouldn't either. There's a beautiful truth that if you are in Christ, you are a child of God bought with the blood of a king. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ. The debt has been completely paid in full. I'm overcome with grief with my flesh, but I am not near as broken over my sin as I should be. I don't confess my sin like I should. I am nowhere near the husband that I'm commanded to be. I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. The Apostle Paul wrote that in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, speaking of himself, but almost prophetically as this should represent the battle within of every single believer. But this is also the same Apostle who said, Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I am so brokenhearted for many of my brothers and sisters in Christ, even for myself. We cling to Rome more than we care to admit. Why is Christ not enough? Even in the reform circles, we base our salvation on our own morality. That's where we look to for assurance. And if you are looking for that within yourself, you are going to be vastly disappointed and always questioning the work that Christ accomplished on the cross. We judge our salvation by our response to the law. We judge our salvation by the good works we do or condemn ourselves for the lack of works that we do and our lack of holiness. Were you, Christian, not clothed with the righteousness of Christ? Do you not wear his robe of righteousness? Does the Father not see you as he sees his Son? Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm not speaking of antinomianism. I'm not saying that we can sin all that we want. But if I am in Christ and I sin, do I then become outside of Christ? No, because God holds his elect in his hands and his hands are strong enough to hold you despite your lack of perfection. Our assurance of salvation comes from our realization of sola gratia, grace alone, sola fide, faith alone, solus Christus, Christ alone. And you are only going to understand this if you are holding to sola scriptura, scripture alone. Our blessed assurance comes from faith alone in the one who accomplished what we cannot. We should have a change of mind about sin. If we are new creatures, that's a result of that miracle work within us. But it won't be perfected in this lifetime. That's what the cross is all about. The point of the cross is that on that blood-stained Roman cross, Christ bore the sins of the elect, the sins of past, present, and future, and secured for the elect the hope of eternal eternal life. And we know that God is faithful to draw his elect, to regenerate his elect, to grant faith to the elect, to seal his elect, and to hold his elect for all of eternity. And this is not of our own doing. It is solely the work of God by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to the scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Solely. Deo. Gloria.